welcome to the PhD to be podcast, a podcast where we talk about graduate school. My name is Natalie and I'm here with my co-host Dallas. Hey, hey. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about what we love about graduate school. So in a previous episode, we talked about what we missed about being undergraduates. Um, we were we reminisced on how different life was back then. And um, if you missed that episode, you can go check it out. I think it's episode four. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, that we talked about what we miss about undergraduate life, uh, what how it's different from grad school. So that was the gist of that episode. But we wanted to make sure that we also did one talking about what we love about graduate school. Yes. And so before we begin this episode, we also want to preface it by saying that even though this episode is going to be all about like what we love about graduate school, this doesn't mean that there aren't problems with the system. Um, We recognize those problems. We recognize that graduate instructors or assistants are underpaid. They're cheap labor for the institution. They're overworked. Um, We are a part of that in some way, shape, or form. Um, So we recognize that. um, And so we wanted to make sure that we emphasize that at first. Um, But alongside those things, there are some things that we really do appreciate and enjoy about the experience of being graduate students. So with that being said, Dallas, what do you love about graduate school? Hmm, Good question. So what I love about graduate school, I'm gonna start with the obvious and easy answer. Um, I, of course, love all of the friends I've made in graduate school, as well as all the connections I've made just across the board, not just with peers, but with professors and other scholars that I've met and gotten to know. And like, that's a really rewarding experience in itself. And that's one thing I definitely love about graduate school. I also love that about graduate school. I mean, I have made just some fantastic friends um in the past (laughs) yes Dallas Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding no but no but seriously (laughs) I mean no but seriously like the friends that I have made in these past when did I start graduate school 2017 um the ones from Oklahoma State and the ones from TCU like it's just been so rewarding like I always think about like if I don't for some reason, if I don't end up using my degree and, and and I'm called to do something else or I mean, I don't know, I can look back and just say, man, I had a great time with these people. Like, yeah, no, 100%. I feel the same way. Like, I'm still really close with my cohort from A&M. I know I mentioned it, I think, in the um, midterm reflection episode that um, I'm going to stay with one of my friends from uh, my MA cohort, Andy, and um for the conference I'm attending. So like, we're still really close. I see friends who aren't even in graduate school anymore, um, or at least not in the academic route. I have one friend that switched from a PhD to law school. We hang out sometimes. He's in Waco, so not terribly far from Fort Worth. So we try and hang out as much as we can, um, just staying in touch. And then if, I mean, what's a better testament to you've become great friends in grad school than when you're being asked to be in one of your friends' weddings. So yes. Yeah. So one of our friends, Hannah, she's getting married and I'm going to be in her wedding. Like we've become that close just over such a short amount of time. And, um, you know, I love that. I love that I was able to 
make such close bonds so quickly with people because um, I value friendships a lot. So I think we all do. I'm sure we all do. But um, so knowing that you have people who are going through a tough experience with you because grad school's tough, you know, mm-hmm. um, it helps having people who like understand the process that is grad school who are going through it with you. So I feel like your bond becomes closer. Yeah. And I just like the nature of graduate school too. Um, You come in with these people and you're in all the classes together and mm-hmm. it just kind of becomes a very natural friendship. Um, And I love that. And I really, really love that because as undergrads, you just kind of like you see them here and there, you know, and you might form bonds. I mean, I have a couple of friends from undergrad that I still um, have, but it's just different. It's just different. Yeah. When people are like, I made my lifelong best friends in college. I'm like, how (laughs) you see them for like a semester and they're gone. I mean, I had classes in undergrad definitely where like, I'd see the same people like over and over Mm -hmm. again, because not very many people are English majors or liberal arts majors just in general. So you do tend to have a lot of those classes with the same people, but like some of the people you might get really close to one semester, you never see them again, you know? So in grad school, we're like together all the time. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think that too, it's useful to mention though, that we also aren't all like super competitive with each other either. Yeah. Um, because we're all doing something so different within the field of English that like nobody, we, like, I don't feel like I have to like beat out Natalie for anything. Like, I think that's toxic to begin with. And if you're in a program where it kind of values this like competitive nature over like building each other up, I feel like that's just that's miserable for everyone. And I don't think anybody, I think in grad school, you need your friend, your cohort should be your allies, should be your friends, should be people who are helping you get to where you want to go. You're helping support them, get where they want to go. Um, you know, it shouldn't be this like competitive, like, oh, that guy's my competition or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's not what this is about. And I get it. Like jobs are in academia anyway, or sort of hard to come by, especially mm-hmm. in liberal arts fields specifically, but I feel like we're all doing such different stuff that we all should, we all kind of build each other up. And I, I love that about at least our friendships and cohorts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I would agree. I think our experiences have been very much like the majority of us. We're all just like trying to make sure that nobody like falls through the cracks, like making sure that we're all, hey how are you doing you know and like checking in on each other and like having just constant just checking in moments and um I'm so grateful for that and I've also like reached out more and more over the years like making sure that we're doing okay um but I think as undergrads like I think one thing that is important to mention that you talk about Dallas is um people there are people who make lifelong friends in undergrad But I think it's because maybe they ended up being, like, more of the traditional college student, which we weren't. Yeah, like, they were in a sorority or fraternity, and, like, that all makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think graduate school sort of, for those of us who didn't have that life, I think graduate school and the nature of graduate school kind of helps us make up for the fact that we didn't have that experience. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I agree. And, um... It's funny because today, um, Prashida and Maria both were like, just wanted to check in on you today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, thank you. And even Dr. Hogue today, when I met with her, she was like, 
you know, you're just so supportive and caring of your friends. And I just want to make sure that they're returning that care and like support for you. And I was like, of course, like, so I think like that alone just shows like, there's just like this testament to like how close we all are and how we do value each other. And we check in on each other and, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Do you need anything? Like when I was sick, I had the flu last semester and like, I had a few of um, our cohort, like bring Natalie brought me soup. Tristan brought me spaghetti one night like yeah checked on me every day how are you feeling do you need anything Hannah was like do you need medicine I will go to the store Mm -hmm. I will buy you some cold medicine so we all like really look out for each other and I love that I love that makes the experience so much more enjoyable where it could Mm -hmm. be miserable and isolating and lonely and it's not yeah no I I think just appreciating our experiences at TCU and like the people that we're surrounded with and like um I also just kind of want to go back to something you said earlier like still maintaining friendships with the people that we were friends with like at our previous institutions like I love my friends at Oklahoma State Kayla Mark Sean like those are my homies like but it and and again sort of the nature of the way that graduate school works and like going in with the cohort like seeing with like being with them and like this will be probably, I don't know if this is a transition, so if I'm moving a little too quick, Dallas, you let me know. But I love that graduate school helps you grow up in a way. Um, yeah. Like, I think, especially with my master's program, like, I feel like your master's, in my experience, but I feel like this is just sort of what I've observed. Like, I feel like when you're in a master's program, you do so much growing and learning And like when I was at Oklahoma State, which is when I was doing my master's, right? And so not only did I have the friends that were there, but I was also growing along with them. And yes, some of them were older grad students, but there was still so much there. And like I was like learning from what they had done and their experiences with the PhD because some of my friends are in PhD programs versus others were in the master's at the time with me. Um. And there's just so much growth in graduate school. And that's like so cool because I am not the same person I was as an undergrad and graduate school will change you and help you grow. And that's just so fun to me. Girl, same. And I know we've kind of talked about it. Like graduate school really does like mature you in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. And you know, I remember talking with Dr. McCormick in my first semester here. She was on research leave, but she met me for lunch and I was so happy she did. And we were talking. And I remember like when I started my master's program, I didn't know that to go to grad school, you could go straight from a bachelor's degree to a PhD. And you can totally skip the master's part if you if you really want to. I don't know like what qualifies somebody to be able to feel like they could skip an MA degree. Um, I'm sure you have to have like your people who are writing your letters of rec and everything like all on board with that um, and feel that you are, feel confident enough that you can handle going straight into a PhD program. If that's you, awesome. Um, But I remember talking to Dr. McCormick about it and I was like, you know, I, um, I didn't know you could go straight into a PhD from your undergrad. I was like, I thought like, you, you know, you follow the steps, you bachelor's, master's, PhD, you know? And she was like, you know, and that's all well and good if people do that. She was like, but some of us needed 
the master's program as like that stepping stone. And I think about that sometimes. And as much as like, yeah, it would have been a time saver to just go straight into a PhD or it would have been, um, you know, less of a headache or something or whatever else I could possibly use to justify like going straight in. Um, I really value those that like year, two and a half years that I spent to get my master's because I did so much maturing in that time. Um, and even in my year off, like after having gotten the master's and then taken a year off and like got back into the regular old workforce, um, I had done so much growing that like going into the PhD program was a lot less intimidating because I knew what to expect. And I knew going into the PhD what I would do differently that I didn't do in my MA or things that I did in my MA that I was like, I wouldn't do that again. Um, and like having a little more of that understanding of the work-life balance while being in school, because again, I know Natalie and I have talked about it so many times, but we both lived at home during undergrad. So that took a lot of that burden off of us having our families there to, you know, do the housework and do the cooking and all Mm -hmm. of this stuff. Um, so whenever you suddenly have that burden put on you, you're like, oh, wait, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to do laundry? Like, this is t- this takes time. This takes up more time in my day. I don't have time to just sit around and read for class all day, even though you might want to sit around and read for class all day. Or maybe you don't want to sit around and read for class all day, and that's your day off, and that's the thing you do need to do. You know, it's like trying to find, like, okay, how am I going to divide up this work? And have I cracked the code to that necessarily in a PhD program? No, but I knew – more going into my PhD than I would have in my master's. And I'm grateful for that experience because that was literally like that stepping stone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I just want to echo everything you just said. Like, I remember when I was, I don't remember what time it was, but essentially like it was in the process of me figuring out if I was going to like go out of state with, you know, my master's or whatever and I remember Sean my now husband at the time was just my boyfriend but he was like you know I think now that I'm thinking back I think it was right when I was thinking about going to Oklahoma State and you know I I knew what the offer was and everything and he's like you know this is going to be really good for you because you haven't lived on your own and you haven't you know you haven't had that opportunity and so that is exactly what happened. I was living on my own and I was learning how to do laundry and cook for myself and budget and all of these things. And like looking back, like I love that graduate school gave me that opportunity because I don't know when I would have gotten it. I mean, would it have been for the PhD and having to figure that out while, you know, when I started the PhD, I I had just been recently married. So would that have been the point? Maybe, maybe not, you know? So it's just like so cool to see how growth as just like a person in general has lined up with my growth as a graduate student. And like that really is just so like cool to see. And I love that graduate school gave me an opportunity to move away and go live on my own in a different state and just kind of grow up because when I graduated with my bachelor's I was 23 and so um 
you know, like still young for sure, you know, but I'm not 18 at the same time. And like, there are still some things that I just didn't do because I didn't really have to. I mean, my mom's a stay-at-home mom. My parents, you know, I was able to stay at home and, you know, live there for my undergrad. And so to see how graduate school gave me the opportunity to grow up and to kind of go back to what you were saying, Dallas, too, about like Dr. McCormick's comment, it makes me think like, I really needed the master's program to help me figure out what exactly I wanted to do too. And so like that's that's also part of that growth and I love that graduate school really helped me yeah. see that. Like that's trial and error in a way. Like it with is, grad school. It is. A master's program is very trial and error. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I had my my not CV, my um statement of purpose from when I applied to MA programs. And you know what? I finally know why I don't have it because on my old laptop, it was so slow that I deleted a bunch of like old like files and stuff. Cause I was like, maybe this will speed up my computer. And mm. then I realized my computer's just ancient and I just need a new one. But um, that's beside the point. The point is I remember writing in my um, personal statement that I was like really interested in literary theory and like all this stuff. I hate literary theory. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote that. I guess because I hadn't had like a traditional literary theory course. I took a feminist um, literary theory with with Joe, <laughs> my favorite. Mm-hmm. And she's so chill. She made theory like cool and fun. And we're reading feminist theory. Like how could you not get get on board with that? And the re- the writing is just more accessible and all of this stuff, right? Like it's it's not as difficult. But like when I got to my master's program, I realized I didn't really know any other kind of theory. Like, mm, mm-hmm. And I'm like struggling with it. I'm like, wow, I hate this. Why did I ever put on my CV that like, I think theory is great. Like I changed my mind real quick on that. Right. Um, <laughs> and that was probably a little naive of me to put. I think I was being a little over ambitious, to be honest. But um, yeah, I went through so many phases in grad school before I finally like landed on disability studies. And it was a happy accident how I landed on it. Um, as my office mate and my friend, Samantha, who was taught, she took a class about all on Eudora Welty. And in that class, the professor mentioned something about like disability studies. And she was like, Hey, so in so-and-so's class today, we were talking about disability studies. And I feel like that's something you would probably really like considering Mm -hmm. like, you know, your situation with your brother. And I was like, Hey, that's cool. I didn't know that that was even like a thing a thing mm-hmm. I would have never known you know mm-hmm. and so I met with that professor and he was like I'm not the expert but my partner mm-hmm. is and his um partner she was so knowledgeable on disability mm-hmm. studies um it wasn't like her area of expertise by any means but like she was able to point me in so many different directions and that really helped me figure out what my true interests were because I think We've talked about it before, but like you can be broad in a master's program and you can kind of try on different hats and see what works for you. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe I would have wanted to go into, um, at one point I was really enjoying my early modern literature classes and I thought, wow, I could just totally switch right now and just do early modernist stuff. And like, I'm glad I didn't because at the end of the day, like that's not me. I just really love the fairy queen. And I think I thought <laughs> fairy queen's awesome. Right. I could probably do this. But then like, I thought back to all the other things we read and I was like, nah, I couldn't do this. But like, you know, you just try on different hats. You get to kind of experience a little, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm like really thankful for that aspect of my master's program, even on the days where I was like, 
I hate this class or this professor is making my life miserable or like I really just am not interested in anything we're doing in this class and I just need to finish it. Um, I still am like, yeah, but I needed that. I needed to like get a dose of like, this is what graduate school is. This is what grad life is. This is what scholars do. Do you want to continue or not? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's just something to be said, even if you go into, you know, from bachelor's to PhD, like even those first couple of years, I think um, you can still dabble. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I, I mean, I would have, I liked the way that I sort of dabbled in like doing the master's and then doing the PhD because like, and I mentioned this in the, I believe it was the first episode, but like I went in doing literature for my master's, you know, and I had just been so hooked on that from undergrad that I thought I wanted to continue doing that. But then I got into my master's and thankfully at Oklahoma State, they let you teach while you're in your master's program. And so not only was I trying to figure out how to live on my own in a different state and then figure out how to get through grad school, I was also figuring out what it meant to be a teacher. Um, And so that's when I was introduced to like the field of rhetoric and composition and that's when everything changed um Mm. and so i had just like quickly like rapidly grown into like oh no i'm switching gears like quick like i knew probably in my second semester of the master's program that i did not want to be in lit anymore um and by then i had been in it in a year so i stuck with it um, but I knew I was like, no, writing center and first year composition, that's my jam. Um, and it only happened within a year that I like figured that out. So even those first couple of years, yeah, like trial and error and kind of like what you said, being a little bit more um broad, I think, is is a is a great way of describing like the master's program. You're still trying to sort of figure yourself out, what you like, you're trying to understand the field better because I'm I'm going to write about this in some way, shape, or form, um, but there's a piece by Andrea Lunsford, and I don't remember the the other, oh man, Lisa Ede. And they we, have, read, we read them. Yes. Yeah, we read them in uh, one of our classes together. And it was there's, Robbins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, the authorship course in... Um, I don't know if this is a chapter that we were assigned from their book, but it was definitely in this book that was like sort of a collection of the collaborations that they had done together. And at the beginning of the one of these chapters, it says, like many of you, I didn't know that rhetoric and composition was a field until I got to my master's degree. And I was like, that's literally me because as an undergrad, I didn't know that was a thing. And I don't know if it's just because of the institution I was at or whatever, but I really needed grad school, especially those first couple of years, to show me that and to reveal that to me. And I feel like that's just part of the learning process. And I think that's so cool about graduate school. Those first couple of years, you learn about the field in general, and then you decide, kind of like you said, Dallas, do I want to continue? Yeah. And even if you're, don't let us feel like, don't let us make you feel like you have to go straight into a master's. If you want to go from a bachelor's straight to a PhD, do by it. All means, I yeah. mean, by all means do it. And and typically if you are going in from undergrad to a PhD, they will give you like an extra year that you have to do. Mm-hmm. So like for us at TCU, the PhD is a five-year program, but if mm-hmm. you're coming in with a 
bachelor's, it's a six-year program. So it's kind it's of actually like seven years. I think it's only six. No, oh, I don't know. Maybe they can get up to seven years of maybe, funding. Maybe, maybe. But I, I think it should take them six years to complete. Maybe. I might, but I might be wrong. But I think it's six. It's definitely more. I mean, they definitely, it's definitely elongate more it. Than, mm-hmm. It's definitely more than five. But basically, it's like you would gain an extra year, but that would still take you less time than if you got a master's and then went. Since a master's is typically two. So with that being said, if you are still kind of like, I want to go straight into a PhD, but I'm not really sure, you you have like extra time mm-hmm. to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think to, to add to that, um, I think especially if you know exactly what you want to do, like from the jump, go for it. I, I thought I did and then I didn't. And so for me, it worked out. And I think this is one of those situations where hindsight is twenty twenty. Like looking back, it really worked out for me in that way. But I don't think it's necessary for if you want to go from bachelor's to PhD, if that's an option, if you find that, you know, more uh, what you want to do, then that's fine. But for me, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. That ended up working out very well because I didn't know I wanted to go get a PhD. Like I thought I wanted to, but then I also didn't know if I wanted to, and I didn't end up deciding until my last year of my master's. So, right, there's definitely some pros and cons. Yeah, I remember putting like a few things that I thought I was maybe interested in on my statement of purpose, and then when I got to A and M, I remember them like having us go around the room and introduce ourselves and like say what our area of interests were and I remember everyone seemed like they're like they were so solid and confident in what their interests were that when they got to me I was like I don't I don't know and they're all like that's okay that's okay Mm. because I was like I don't have anything like solid put together like I kind of like different little niche areas but like I couldn't I didn't have like a specific thing. And I remember like that really freaking me out and feeling like, okay, I have to decide something because I'm going to have to write a thesis and Mm -hmm. I can't just like not have a field. But um, luckily it came to me, like I said, by accident. But I remember being that person that was legit. Like, I don't know, like straight up was like, I have no idea. And they were like, no worries. Don't worry about it. It's okay. So like, that was kind of, that was like reassuring for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I want to circle back to something you said earlier when we were talking about like friendships, but I kind of want to take it to the more professional route, like relationships with like our professors and people in the field and stuff like that. Yes. Um, I love that about graduate school because you start looking at your professors and sort of those in the institution at different, you know, different departments or whatever, like I don't know, like it, 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 like at first, and I don't know if this is just my experience, like as an undergrad, like seeing, you know, Doctor So and So, feeling like there's such a huge separation from you and them. In graduate yes. school, it starts getting more closer and closer, and you start knowing things about your professors, and that's not like gossipy, but like knowing their no, personal like just lives. knowing about their personal, yeah, like I. Y'all, y'all know I'm not in retcon. I love Dr. Hogue. I love her with all of my heart and soul. I think she's just the nicest yeah. human being ever in the world. I went to her office today, not even for really anything that important, but just because I wanted to see her and we chatted about life stuff. Yeah. Like it didn't even have anything to do with school. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. the kind of like conversations that you start having with your um, professors and you're kind of like, wow. 
that's kind of weird because I still feel like they're my right they are your elder in a way right you know like um and you know Natalie and I we're we're southern girls like it's weird being like seeing your professors as sort of like peers in a way and mm-hmm. they still feel like professors but they start to also blend yes. that line is blurred a little more yeah and it it becomes a little strange like whenever your professors tell you like oh you can just call me by my first name I'm like huh yeah and like that breaks my heart because I feel like that's disrespectful yeah but it's not and they want you to do it I have yeah. a hard time with it but it's like these lines become blurred and you get to develop like really good relationships with these people mm-hmm. who are mentors to you yeah um yeah yeah. yeah. And I, I love, love that. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <literally laughs> we saying, love that. We love that. <laughs> we, like, it's just so fun. Like, I agree with you. Like, the whole, like, I still want to call my professor's doctor, you know. Um, but despite that difficulty, like, man, I just love, like, being able to, like, chat with them. And they, like, tell you all about the field. And they kind of tell you the ins and outs. And it just feels like, I don't know. And, and look, we could, I don't know how other institutions are. I mean, I know some faculty like anybody, you know, anywhere are going to be difficult to work with, but like, there's just something about like the people here, like the professors at TCU. Like, I just love them. The experience is so different. Like they're not gatekeepy at all. Like if you want to know something, they're like, look up this person, this person, Mm -hmm. this person, read this book. Here's a copy. I'll email Um, this person. Like they'll go. Yeah. yeah. Like here's this person you should reach out to this book. You should read Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like they are so awesome about like actually telling you stuff to where you're not just like walking around in the dark just like mm-hmm. feeling your way through like trying mm-hmm. to figure things out mm-hmm. they actually will just give you the information yeah. not in a way that's like here's everything mm-hmm. handing it all to you but mm-hmm. like here's a book I think you would be interested based mm-hmm. off of what you're telling me you're interested in like they're not gonna like necessarily like they're not telling you what to do, but they're right. giving you the they're giving you the resources, and it's up to you what you do with them. Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of people probably don't have that experience, unfortunately. But at TCU, it's just a different experience, and I really all of the professors I've done class with, worked with, they've all been super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, and I feel not to bash A and M. But I feel like I didn't have that same experience at A&M. Mm. And I remember when I first applied to A&M, I mean, not A&M, when I first applied to TCU for the PhD program, mm-hmm. I had a phone call, a phone conference, you can call it, with Dr. McCormick. And I remember mm. her asking me, like, what's your experience at A&M? And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I really fit in here. You know, like, it's been mm. good, but I don't really... I feel like it's been really hard for me to get through this MA program. Like I'm scraping by mm. and I just didn't think it would be this way. And I don't know, like, I just find the professors are kind of not as open or helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm, when I have questions or when I'm struggling with something, you know, and she was like, I'm so sorry that you're having that experience, but that is not how TCU is at all. Mm. And I was like, are you, so I knew like, right when she said that I was like sold, of course I got rejected that time but it's but okay not the because second time. but not the second time <laughs> and um and she actually had emailed me and was like and the fact that she even remembered me when she's got so much going on she emailed me and was like I saw that you got accepted this time That's around so for TCU like I'm so excited I hope you decide to choose TCU and I was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh you remember me like just like I the friendliness that. the 
they remembered, you know, she remembered who I was even like a year later. Um, you know, like just that atmosphere, like they're very caring at TCU. Um, just so knowledgeable and willing to help you and share their knowledge with you. Um, and I, and I do love that. It makes the experience so much more relaxed and enjoyable. And I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel scared to go to someone's office hours or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To reflect on my experience at Oklahoma state, honestly, like I, my professors there were great too. Like, you know, and, and again, sort of trying to blur the line between, yeah, I'm your professor, but like, I also want to give you that mentorship. And it, for me, it really came from um, the writing center director at Oklahoma State. Like, she's just been such a huge mentor to me that, like, whenever I think about graduate school, going back to like the way that we sort of began, like, even if I for some reason don't end up using my degree or whatever, um, thinking back at the friendships and the relationships that I had, like at Oklahoma state, I would, I I would say my experience like with this specific professor and just other professors as well, like just being able to know that I can go back to them and that um, if I need continued mentorship or even while I was there having that mentorship, it's just so fun to be able to say that about graduate school and our experiences, my experiences, I should say, um, Cause it just makes it, I mean, like, kind of like you say, like, it makes it easier to get through this, like knowing that your faculty aren't out to get you um, and that you will always have someone, somebody that's been through it. Like, I feel like even though there might not be some experiences that my professors can attest to during their time as grad students, they're still very understanding and to be understood or even just to be listened to, like, even if they don't necessarily understand is so important and I, that's I really love that about graduate school like I feel like when you're an undergrad at least for me like I feel like granted I am working on not catastrophizing but as an undergrad like you think like oh my gosh if I don't do this on time I'm not going to be able to graduate if I don't you know like there's just so many things that you feel like are going to go wrong whereas it with graduate school as you start sort of understanding how the system functions you start realizing, mm, yeah, no, they're not out to get you and they do want you to succeed and they're going to give you insight into how to make it through because they know that experience and they know that your experience is similar and also different in ways. And so it just it just creates like a really unique bond. And I'm like so grateful for that. Yeah. And also, like, don't think I hated a and I had some amazing professors there as well. I just want to make that known. Like I had some really great professors who, you know, were amazing. Uh, My committee members were amazing for my thesis. Like, I don't think I hated A&M. I just felt like there were more of those kind of gatekeeping professors. Like at TCU, I just don't, I haven't, I have yet to have a professor that's super gatekeepy about stuff. So I just feel like that's just like such a different, like it's a different feel. Yeah. And then- I also wanted to say, I wanted to just like, I was just thinking about it. I just want to go back to this whole talk about like your MA being the place to explore. Mm. I just want to say, I I know we've talked about it before and I just want to like reiterate, there's less stakes and less expected of you as an MA student mm-hmm. to where you have that freedom to explore because there's not as much expected of you. So if you feel like you need that extra step before a PhD 
it's good because one, like it's two years, you get to kind of explore what you want. The stakes are not as high. Um, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to make mention of that before it left my brain. Yeah. But yeah. The stakes are a little lower. So if you want to explore, if you want to change your mind 50 times, yeah, you, you can do it. Like <laughs> you can, I just wanted to like hearken back to that, but, um, yeah. Okay. So we have, you know, friendships, relationships, mm-hmm. uh, professor, you know, mentorship, mentorship. type of deal. Growing. What, what else? Huh? Like growing also. Growing. growing. Yeah, yeah. Growing, maturing. What else? Are, what else do we love about grad school? I love that. I feel um, like I've found my calling, like that came through graduate school. Um, and it, I feel like it wouldn't have happened without graduate school, honestly. Yeah. Um, when we were sort of brainstorming, like what we were going to bring up, Dallas mentioned like the work, you know, like I love the work, <laughs> even when I don't love the work, but it's just like, it's so, it feels so good to just know, like I've identified like what my thing is, um, and what I'm good at. And that to me, like always brings me so much joy. Like whenever, I'm doing work, especially recently, like after exams and all those types of things where I'm like starting to think about my dissertation and just feeling really good about like what I want to do and and just the different conversations I want to be a part of. Like I'm really loving writing um, right now. And it's because I feel like I finally have developed and I'm going to continue to develop. I'm not going to say that this is going to be the only thing I focus on or, or whatever, um, but I just love knowing that what I'm doing is like my thing and I just gonna I'm, like I get to keep doing that like I get to keep talking about all these things I get to keep talking about first year comp like that's amazing like I love that stuff you know and so that's what I love about graduate school yeah same whenever you finally whenever you're whenever you get to do work that's based in your interests it always turns out to be more fulfilling um or even if like I'm kind of like I have a project that I'm planning on doing for Dr. Robbins it's not closely related at all to disability studies um but I'm really excited about it because it's still personal to me um and I'm like excited to work on it you know it's like sometimes it's just not even necessarily can it doesn't even necessarily have to be like gung-ho like this is my interest and you know for every class you take like focusing something on your interest like yes that's ideal Mm -hmm. but even sometimes you can kind of even do something a little different and it still be really rewarding right um so like for this class I'm doing like a personal narrative kind of auto-ethnographic piece that doesn't really have anything to do with disability disability studies but like I'm so excited to work on it you know um or even just like I don't know, just even like for my lit ped class, my lit- my literature pedagogy class, like I'm not doing any major writing assignments, but I'm going to be creating a literature, you know, syllabus that's disability focused and doing a annotated bibliography on disability pedagogy and stuff like that. So even these are the more like, I don't know, like kind of, I, I like creating syllabus. Um, yeah. Like I always think like creating the syllabus is fun. I don't yeah. know. I because I like organizing it and making it pretty and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is like fun stuff, but you know, it's not even necessarily like writing this grand paper about your, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is you're studying, right? Like, it's not even like, it's not like I'm going to go like publish my syllabus in some journal. Like that's not even, but like, that's still going to be a fun experience because I'm creating a syllabus. I would 
likely teach, you know, mm-hmm. in the future soon. So yeah. um, like even those projects that are more like in the weeds for some people are for me, like, I'm like, yes, I'm excited to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it just sort of sounds like it just graduate school gives you the opportunity to work on things that you enjoy like you know like obviously there's going to be a project here and there that you're like why do I have to do that but like the majority of the time at least in our experiences and the professors that we've had um like we get to kind of do whatever we want like even if it's as long as it's (laughs) sort of tied to the theme like yeah I've done projects on student athletes I've done projects on writing centers I've done projects like personal projects and like they've all been sort of different and yes they're all in things that I am interested in but like it's just fun to like have the opportunity to try to see what comes of that mm-hmm. um and even though at the end of the semester we're like stressing out and trying to get it done it like just like the 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 work and sort of the intellect that it takes to like try to do that thing is really exciting yeah and I think part of like part of people like part of like us being in grad school right is that we like to write papers yeah and I always enjoyed coming up with my own paper topic I hated an undergrad when I was given a topic yeah I mean if I'm given parameters that's one thing but whenever I am told choose from this list of topics oh that killed me inside Mm. so as PhD students, we are given the creative license, you could say, to write about what we want to write about, so long as it fits the parameters of the course, like Natalie said. And that really allows for like just this freedom of like being able to like explore other air, like other, like within your interest, right? You have, but then these little subfields within what you're interested mm-hmm. that maybe you don't get to explore in depth in one way, but you have this class where you have the opportunity to really like explore this one facet of your interest of the topic that you're interested in, like talking about within the broader like scope of the class. And those kinds of things could be so fun. And maybe this is us like super nerding out, but when this is what you do all the time, this is what, this is what excites you, even though come the end of the semester we're like oh I need to write that seminar paper and I haven't started it yet but like at the end of the day like if you're writing something that you're passionate about it's less daunting so Mm -hmm. yeah I think as you were talking I was sort of the the conclusion I feel like I might be sort of getting into with what you said and like sort of what I said as well was like I just feel like we are able to really like make I don't want to say make a name for ourselves but like our identity really is invested in our work yes and there's no at least the professors at TCU they allow us to put our identity in the work I think for so long we've been taught that like our identity is separate from the work mm-hmm. and again like I definitely felt that at A&M in a lot of ways with certain classes certain professors were like my identity like if I tried to insert like a part of my identity in something or like stake my interest in something because of something personal to me mm-hmm. I get the comment like oh like that needs to come out like you know like you can't put that like you know again we're going back to this sort of like gatekeepy kind of thing that the academy is sort of notorious for in so many ways but like the professors at TCU are really good about pushing back against that idea like the identity and the personal is so integral to like who you are as a scholar like 
it's important to understand your identity and be able to say like, hey, this is important to me because this is who I am or because of this experience or because of, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, because I'm like with Natalie, she did a whole project exploring her own Mexican-American identity and how Mm -hmm. that related to her being able to teach intro to comp. Like Mm -hmm. that is a very important facet of her identity. Like Mm -hmm. how could that not affect how she teaches, how she sees her classroom, how she sees her students, how she views her own work. You know, like that's important for me. It's the disability thing. Like, yeah, I don't have a disability, but I'm so closely intertwined with disability. How could that not shape my worldview? How could that not shape my teaching? How could that not shape my scholarly interests? Of course it does. Like, how can you separate those things? You can't, and you shouldn't have to. And I love that it's becoming more widely accepted that like our identities are part of our scholarly work and it's just it's important like um you know the personal yeah. is political as they say who coined that term that i phrase? don't know i don't know but it's One so true um was it i don't know who it was i can't remember um but i think like even our students like in the first unit of comp one and in the first unit of comp two we asked them to address their positionality to the topic how are you being impacted by what you've chosen what you're reading what what arguments are being conveyed even they come in and they're like can i use i i'm like yes you can use i you know like oh my gosh that's so it's so funny to me when they do that and i i have to like even like even for the like everything in comp one for sure i i can't speak to comp two only because i haven't taught it but like everything they do is based off of their own personal interests so I'm like, yes, you, you use I, yes, you talk about yourself. Like your point of view is important because you're writing it, you know, like if you're yeah. writing about yourself, especially, yes, mm-hmm. which is the first unit of project, I mean, of comp one, their first mm-hmm. project is a personal narrative essay. Yes. You're writing about yourself. Please use I, me, right. whatever. Um, but even in their podcast, like I let them have this like creative license to just choose whatever topic interests them. And like, I don't care what it is, but if, but you need to be interested in it because if you're not interested in it, this is going to be miserable. And, yeah. um, you know, they, then they're like, oh, okay. Like it, like it just, they've been so disconnected from this idea that their identity is really important to how they write. Mm-hmm. And I think comp one and I'm sure comp two again does, it, it tries really hard in yeah. the assignments and the um, assignment sheets in the syllabus and the outcomes tries mm-hmm. really hard to make sure that they realize like your identity is integral to who you are, not only as a person, but as a scholar, even if they never go to grad school, even if they never write anything after they're done with, you know, their comp classes, you know, yeah. which is not going to happen. Of course, they're going to write stuff, but you know what I mean? Like, even yeah. if they never like necessarily use like they never write a book outside of college or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like it's so integral to who we are in every facet of our lives, school, work, home life, everything. Yeah. So like, I love that in grad school, like we're given this like freedom to like mm-hmm. explore our interests, but also like stake a claim. Like this is part of my identity. This is a part, this is who I am. Like, this is why I'm interested in this. And this is why it's important to me and that not having to be separated from the academic work. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, it, it just sounds like graduate school allows you to pursue that passion 
it allows you to express yourself. And I also think because we're in English, I think that that really um, gives us more of that leeway. But if I if I think about like graduate programs and like chemistry or, you know, um, you know, other sort of like I'm thinking like doctors, you know, those types of things like graduate schools and, and that aren't maybe liberal arts um there are still problems out in the world that you want to solve and you want to use graduate school as a way to do that. Like, I still find that even though your identity may not necessarily be tied so uh, closely to um, something, you know, like, again, sort of like what Dallas said, like I was writing, I'm writing, a, doing something with, you know, um, doing my like recognizing how my Mexican American identity impacts how I teach first year composition. Um, but let's say you're, you know, you're studying to be an environmental scientist and that's what you're going to graduate school and you're thinking about like, um, you know, climate change or specific regions, um, you know, and so on and so forth. Like, even though maybe they, that's not as closely tied to you being Mexican American, for example, you still care and you still have a passion for that work. And graduate school, I feel like, really lets you pursue that passion and express yourself and how you want to approach and talk about that. And I think that that's just so cool. Yeah. And like, even if like your identity, your like personal identity isn't so far, con isn't so connected to your scholarly interest, your identity still shapes how you maneuver grad school yeah right so even if you try to like separate, separate those two things mm -hmm. it's still tied regardless you can be as far removed from it as you want to be as you you can try and do it as much as you want but like at the end of the day like we all have our own perspective our own like ways of being in the world that's gonna shape our scholarly identities regardless mm -hmm. you know yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah and I mean even if like my um my ex it is studying physics and you know i don't know what i don't know what makes anybody interested in physics and um <laughs> to be honest i'm like what's interesting about physics uh cuz to me nothing but you know thing. like he had such an interest in physics and he worked every day not just because he was getting a phd in physics but you know just like he's really passionate about whatever it was he was studying in physics i couldn't tell you because it was complicated sounding and I don't understand physics words. I'm like, what is mass? I don't know. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Look, I know like at what atoms are, <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> I'm being a little hard on myself, but you know, I'm like, I don't know what all this sciencey stuff is, but you know, like he like really was into it. Like he was like yeah. hardcore. Like I am studying this every day and I am working on this every day. Yeah. As, you know, if you're getting a PhD, you should, but like, to me, it was even overboard sometimes where I'm like, can we go do something fun? You know, like he's like, I must study. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so it's like, you know, like even the, like, you know, it was so interesting to him. It was so important yeah. to him and, you know, shaped his worldview in so many yeah. ways. And, you know, it just, it's not, those things are tied. And I yeah. like that graduate school kind of, you know, allows you to explore these facets of yourself that maybe you wouldn't get to in a different setting yeah no yeah I mean just to be able to continue pursuing that passion and learning I think is just yeah. super fun about graduate school um anything else Dallas anything else you love that you want to yeah. add yeah I love I love just learning stuff yeah <laughs> that's I mean, a huge that's part basic. yeah I'm like the kind of person where 
you know, I've learned so much throughout graduate school. Like, it's funny because when I first started getting interested in disability studies, I couldn't tell you a single disability studies scholar. And it's like over the years, I could name, I could rattle off probably like the top five, you know? And it's like, I couldn't do that before. And it's like how much knowledge I've gained over the course of studying this, that like I've gained so much knowledge. Um, and I, when you start to like recognize scholars, like you're like, oh, I've read that person before. Like, oh, I've, I've studied this person's article before I wrote about this person's article or like I've read this person's book. Um, like it all just like starts to click. And it's like, once you kind of get that point where you're like, wow, I know more than I thought I knew. I learned a lot. You know, it's like, I'm starting to like finally see that in myself um, going forward in the program. I'm like, wow, I have learned so much truly. Like, even if I didn't see it at the time, or even if I had to like grin and bear it at some points with other areas that I wasn't as like into, but then like later those scholars come up, I'm like, yes, I know who that is, you know? Um, And I'm not talking like, the scholars that like everyone knows like bell hooks right like I'm talking like very specific scholars that like you kind of if you're not in the field you don't know them kind of thing like I start to recognize names I'm like okay we've read Andrea Lunsford you know we've read you know whoever and it's like these names start to pop up again later down the road and you're like oh okay yes I know what they're all about and it's like that's whenever I'm like yes I learned that like finally I can like put a name and a face to something I've learned and I see how it's connecting with this course and how we're reading this person in a different context for a different class um that maybe I don't think I would have I I didn't really consciously think about at the time but then when it comes up I'm like yeah I know that you know I know that concept or I know that phrase or I know that scholar I know what that scholar is all about and I I I know exactly how we're going to put it into this context you know and that, that kind of stuff like gets me excited yeah, for me, uh, I agree with you. I mean, we've been in school for so long, might as well love learning. Um, but I think for me, that just ties back into one of the points we made earlier of just growth. Like, yeah, I love learning because I love that graduate school gives you the opportunity to continue learning because I feel like that's so essential to your growth in your identity Um in a field, you know, just as a person in general. Like, I remember when I finished my exams um, this past fall and I was preparing for my defense and I was looking through sort of the the answers or the what I had written for my uh, focus, focus exam, my 48-hour timed exam. I was reading it and I was like, I... I know exactly what I'm talking about. Like this felt <laughs> so good. And I had never really felt so good about a piece of writing that I had produced. And it was just so, it felt so great to be able to say, I have learned stuff and graduate school gave me the opportunity to continue learning. Um, and I finally have reached the point where I'm like, oh yeah, everything that I've been doing here for the past, I don't know how many years, um, it's actually doing something and I actually am seeing it in action and so yeah I mean graduate school I love that it gives you the opportunity to continue learning um but yeah for me that's so closely tied to just growing um it's just so fun it's it's it's, it really is fun and like also just seeing like progress in my own writing like how I've grown as a writer too like I'm not going to sit there and say I'm like this perfect writer because listen that's not true. I make like all the grammar mistakes, but I don't think grammar makes a writer. I'll say that right here, right now. 
but you know, when you get feedback and it's like all grammar corrections, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know that stuff, but like just the improvement in like my vocabulary, my tone, the way I can like structure a sentence, even if I have a comma splice, like, you know, um, just like reading my own writing sometimes I'm like, wow, I've, I used to be like, I never let my parents read my writing. Like if I wrote an essay for school, I'd be like, nope, you can't read it. I don't want you to read it. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed. I'm a bad writer. Da, 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 da. And like just going from like being so like looking down on myself as a writer and like now being able to say like, no, actually I'm a pretty good writer. Like mm-hmm. just seeing yeah. that like vast improvement, which like I know everybody in high school is like, oh, I'm a bad writer. But like even in college, I was like, that's an undergrad is where I started to be like, actually, I don't think I'm that bad of a writer. I think I have really good ideas. I think I just don't know how to hone them in. And in graduate school, you really learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then like, just because you're like learning how to hone these ideas, these, these, these abstract ideas, how to like focus them in. And I mean, like I still struggle with this sometimes because sometimes we still have like really abstract ideas and we're not really sure how to like put the words down to like make it make sense when you read it Mm -hmm. but like it's vastly improved in so many ways like I feel like I have more language to articulate really abstract thoughts yeah and like I see that improvement as I go and I know it's only going to improve as time goes on because we keep writing and you know practice makes perfect but like you just I just have seen such a growth and we, we've been taught to grow in so many ways too, like not just being adults, but as teachers, even in this hard, hard season of teaching for me right now, Lord help me. Like, I know I'm going to, I'm I'm getting something out of this, mm-hmm. even though it stresses me out. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the different types of writing I'm doing and the different projects I'm doing, um, you know, all of that's just growth, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I think it, even though friendships are probably my favorite thing about graduate school, the thing that I love the most, I think a close second is just how much I've grown and how much grad school gives yeah. you the opportunity to grow in so many different ways. And it's just so cool. And um, unless there's anything else that you want to add, um, I'll just maybe wrap it up with this. But I have a couple of friends, uh, one specifically, Mark, shout out to you if you're listening. Um He'll always tell me, like, Natalie, you have grown so much. And that just is so, like, flattering to hear. Like, yeah. it's so sweet to to be able to hear that because, like, I don't – I mean, I, I obviously feel like I, I have grown, but it's just nice to know, like, grad school has had such a huge impact on our lives, you know? Yeah. And we've spent so much time in it that, like, it's so cool to just be able to say that this experience has just taught us so much. And And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And, like, seeing your peers grow, right? Like, for him to say, like, you've grown so much, like, what a compliment. But also, like, what a a friendship that he even says, like, hey, I've seen that you've grown so much. And I just want to acknowledge that right like that's so important too like that just again that's like a testament to the friendship but that's also a testament to the growth and the fact that we can visibly see each other's growth means yeah. a lot as well and I yeah. enjoy watching you know hearing about my friends you know succeeding and like doing great things out in the academic world or even friends who have moved on from the academic world who are like hey tried it this ain't for me I'm moving on with something else and they're doing something and they're equally as successful just at a different field you know like 
all of that is great. I, yeah. and, you know, even friends who went to a different kind of grad school where they're mm-hmm. doing like my friend, my best friend from high school, Abby, she does occupational therapy. And it's like, yeah, she went to grad school, but it wasn't like the same. It wasn't academia focused. It was, you know, occupational therapy focused, whatever they do. So it's like, you know, seeing her out and like loving her job, working with kids and occupational therapy and like doing her thing, you know, or my friend Bailey, who's also an occupational therapist, like doing her thing, like just seeing all of these people who have gone to a higher education in some capacity after bachelor's in whatever form that looks like, and just like thriving and growing and like doing well and becoming so knowledgeable just with in whatever their life, job, work, et cetera, schooling is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a good episode. I'm so happy that we did this. I know this just like put everything in perspective for me. I'm like, wow, grad school. I really do love it. Sometimes I need to be reminded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's well, it's easy to dwell on the on the things that aren't so good, which, you know, we recognize that there are some things, but we tend to be very positive people. And I think, you know, reflecting and giving just an opportunity to focus on the things that we do love, I think is really crucial. And so if you're a graduate student, we recommend um, think about what you love about graduate school. Like we know that it's tough and, you know, we know that in the thick of it, like we just kind of want to give up. But yeah, and, and Lord knows I love to complain and I will find any and every opportunity to complain about something that has inconvenienced me, no, no matter how minor. Um, so I, and the one who probably would benefits the most from reflecting on the good things since I love to just dwell. Um, well, it's a good thing we did this episode. It's a great thing we did this episode. And uh, yeah, like, girl, I just love you. I love you. I love grad school. I love all my homies. Like, it's just, this has just been a good time. And I'm just really grateful that we've been, we've had the opportunity to just address that. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any questions or any topics that you want us to cover, please email us at the phd to podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yay. Thanks for listening. This was fun. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.